News Talk K57. Guam's number one talk station. The Guam Women's Chamber of Commerce proudly presents Fanatsu Famalawan Women Rising Conference March 5th at the Dusitani Guam Resort. This premier professional development summit will have featured speakers who are from our island and have pursued successful careers globally. We are bringing them home. Join us for an inspiring day of workshops, networking, pop-up shops, beauty and wellness, and more. Register today at www.guamwcc.com for Fanatsu Famalawan Women Rising Conference on March 5th. Be a part of the movement. Special thanks to our change agent sponsors, Pacific Daily News, Bank of Guam, Matson, Addis Trust, TriVision Media Group, Guam Music Inc., and Sorensen Media Group. into what the second half of the show is going to be about. We're going to talk about, of course, the upcoming AAUW Women's Conference, but we're also going to focus on health. The first half of the show was how to protect your wealth. Now we're going to talk about how to protect your health. And that is uh, one of the reasons that we have Miss uh, Senator Senator Louise Munya here. Some people don't know that, but I'm still very active physically uh, in in. In Everything health, in the world of health. Yeah, yeah. and you look great. So oh, that's you. always a testament yeah. to you uh, to you being very health conscious. Oh, and also, Miss Eileen Cruz, you um, you're an insurance company owner. Yes, is that correct? Correct. But judging from the title, which is, uh, it seems like it's more than that. Cruz, Cruz Benefits, Benefits. Consultants. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds like more than just insurance. Yes, we try to give consultant advice to people about what will fit their needs, their personal needs or their business needs, um, both in life insurance and how they can use life insurance for multiple reasons. You know, not just a death benefit, but also maybe as a living benefit or as a retirement plan or even as, you know, business protection. Okay. Tell me that thing again about the retirement plan. How? What, what's that? Uh, you can use your life insurance as a permanent life insurance with cash value as a retirement plan. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And most people don't think about that. No, I did not think about yeah. that. And uh, because there is a, a chunk in, uh, in, in the middle of my life where I was like a stay-at-home mom and didn't work, I worry about do I even have enough Social Security 
um, accrued, right? Because you're only accruing it while you're working, right? You can't like not. Correct. Yeah. So um, I always tell people I will never be able to retire, but maybe I can. Oh my God. There's hope for you. There's hope for me. (laughs) You and I will be talking after the show, Miss Eileen. I'm going to get her card too. Right? (laughs) And Catherine uh, Bejerana Camacho, keeping us totally up to date with how to protect our wealth if we're um, not just at the breakup point, but it sounds like it's more key to start thinking about that while you're in the relationship. I mean, ideally, it's good to think about this before you get Even married. Even get married. Yeah. No one's going to do that, girl. Proactive. They're, too, they're too busy being happy and in love. <laughs> they're going to be together forever. It's a perfect world. It's like, Until really? it's not. Yeah, I bet, Kim, I bet Kim Kardashian thought that before she divorced right? that basketball player within, like, what, a month and a half or something? All right, so... <laughs> Yeah, you never know. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to focus on health for a little bit. And um, why'd you say, oh? Oh, it was, I wasn't sure if the life insurance was done yet. I was st- oh. <laughs> Well, it doesn't have to be. We're women. We can change our minds. Okay. You right. want me to talk some more? I could talk some more. What was the other one you said? So there was, you, tell us all the, all the ways you can use it. So you can use it. At, I, didn't, I had no idea. Okay, so life insurance, most people think life insurance is about a death benefit. Yeah, right? that's what I've always That you thought. can only use it as a death benefit when someone dies. Yeah. But today, a lot of life insurance have other benefits. Many uh, insurance, life insurance companies are actually including living benefits as part of a benefit built into the plan. Not all of the companies do that, but there are a lot of companies that are adding living benefits. And what living benefits is, is basically allows the insured person to be able to tap into their life insurance policy when they have not just a terminal illness, but a critical illness or chronic illness. So, you know, critical illness is your major critical events, right? Heart attack, stroke, and stage renal failure, right. major organ transplant. And maybe you can tap into your health insurance, right, or your voluntary insurance. But if you have a life insurance with a living benefit, you actually can use that also. It allows you to, per- to claim a percentage in advance from your life policy. That's what I was just going to ask. So do you have to have, like, had this policy and been paying so much in for a certain length of time before you are eligible to take care of or take advantage of some of these other... No, as long as your policy is active and you have the living benefit as a part of your policy, then you can tap into it when you've been diagnosed. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. That's really, really... And, and, I am and so a lot getting of people, your card. Right? Maybe yeah. a lot of people might have the benefit in their plan, but they never really looked at their policy. So, you know, always advise people, if you have a life policy, seek someone, your life insurance agent or the company, right, to get advice to do a policy review of your policy. Because right, everyone too. forgets about their life policy because they think, oh, I have a life policy, it's a death benefit. Okay, file it away, right? And so a lot of times when they file it away, they don't take a look at it late a year later, sometimes 10 years later, they don't even look at their policy. And then they don't realize the benefits that they can tap into their policies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you wanna look at your policy every year. Now, your, cha- your, your, your needs are changing all the time, so review it every year. So say say you do avail of that, right? You start, say you use it for retirement, right? Does that mean that when you pass, there's um, the benefit that will be going to whoever you've uh, designated as a beneficiary, it will be less because you've tapped into it? It depends. So, um, so let me first go back to living benefits is different, right? 
So if you have a life policy and it's with living benefits, um, some policies could be a term policy and some policies could be a permanent life policy. Um, if you want to use your life policy as a retirement plan, it has to be a permanent life policy with cash value. So it has to be like a whole life or a universal life or an index universal life. Um, there are other life policies out there like variable universal life, um, but those can be a little bit more risky with the type of um, investments that they do for variable universal life. So you definitely want to take a look at the type of policy it is because that will affect whether you can use it as a retirement plan. Um, not only do you have living benefits for chronic illness, I mean critical illness, but you have chronic illness. Chronic illness would be if you cannot perform activities of daily living, right? And you can't, you need human assistance to be able to do your daily activity functions. Then that's when you can tap into the policy as well. Um, different companies have different benefits. And so you really have to take a look at those plans. Um, but if you want to use your life policy for other reasons other than a death benefit, um, living benefits is like a rider or a built-in rider. Um, but the type of policy that you want to use it for, like if you want to use it for retirement plan, the way you do that is you basically put your cash, the amount of money you want to put into like a retirement plan, you put it into your life policy, you overfund your policy, and by overfunding it, you're building your cash value. Then when you want to retire, then you can tap into your cash value and withdraw it and use the ca cash value as your retirement plan. Hmm. So that's how you use your life policy as a retirement plan. That yeah. is very interesting. I had no mm -hmm. idea you could but do there, that. But there are so many options, right? There's many different yes. options. Yes, there's so many types of life policies out there. And that's another thing that we try to do is, um, so my dad was a life insurance agent for many years and um, he's the one that got me into the insurance industry. And um, I just go back to him always saying that, you know, um, we try to help people, you know, and and that's why what we do with, with as an insurance agent is to help people, people that need help. And that's what we wanna do as our company is be able to help give advice to people about what's available in the market. Because a lot of times people go to one agent, they'll try to sell you what they have, right? right? But I like to think like, well, if, you're, if your needs are something I can't offer you, then I'm gonna refer you to someone else that can give you a better plan that's for your needs, right? Um, so we try to expand the type of products that we offer so that we can help service those needs for anybody. And so there are different types of life policies out there and people need to be paying attention to the type of life policies they have because sometimes those life policies, um, we get people who are in their 60s and sometimes they, they take a look at their policy because they got notice that their policy premiums are gonna increase and it's not gonna be so expensive for them that they're like, I'm gonna cancel it. Can you help me get something else? But you're older, right? Cost of insurance is higher. Your medical issues are now a factor in the fact that you're applying for a new life policy. So you have a choice. Do you want to cancel the policy and, or keep the policy you have, but then pay the higher premiums? And sometimes people can't afford it anymore, especially on a retirement income. You know. So what Miss um, Catherine said here, Attorney Catherine said about planning ahead is very important because 
it's just the same thing with life insurance, right? Or health. We want to plan ahead mm -hmm. and make sure we're prepared that we have the right plans in place for our future. Not just now. And of course you want to think about what's affordable, right? But not just now, but also think what do you need when you're in retirement? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, want life insurance when they're in their 60s, right? And they want to be able to protect their loved ones or they want to protect um, their estate, right? But the problem is, is that can they afford it when they're in retirement? And so a lot of people, I think I have heard people say, well, you know, I follow Susie Orman's, her advice about getting term policies, right? And a lot of people do buy those term policies when they're younger, but they don't realize that when the term period ends, right? 20, 30 years, the term period ends, right? Maybe it was good for a mortgage, but if you're looking for life coverage after 30 years, um, your premiums are gonna be increasing annually. And so a lot of times, you know, maybe when you got it, it was like $25, $50 a month. Then now you're 30 years later, now you're paying $250, right, a month. Then it increases the next year and, and next year to the point that maybe at one point, if you keep it, it's going to be almost like $1,000, $5,000 a month for the coverage, wow. right? And you've only got a small amount of coverage. So the best thing to do is if you have a term policy and you're still in your term period, talk to, see, that's why it's important to do the policy review is talk to your agent and see if it's the perfect time for you to convert it to a permanent life policy How and change often it up. should you, um, you consult with your insurance agent? I would say you should talk to an agent at least to do a policy review every year. Um, but if you can't do it every year or you think it's not important to do it every year, then you should be doing it every time there's a life change or um, you know, you get married, you have kids, you know, consult if it's enough coverage, you get divorced. Yeah, divorced. You get sick. Yes. Right? Um, One of the things I would like to emphasize to the listeners with respect to reviewing your policy is one of the biggest mistakes individuals make is they don't update their beneficiaries. Correct. Mm. Because, for example, we've had situations in which a parent will name their child, but their child passed away. So they designated the child to get 25% of the proceed. So what actually will happen is that 25% has to be probated. The other... Yes. So wow. yeah. the other instance also is I've had I had a situation in which the child, an adult child was paying for the life insurance of the mother, but the the life is in his life, but the mother was a beneficiary. The mother passed away. So he didn't want to give up. You know, he just wanted to basically designate a new ben beneficiary. We actually had to go to court in order for him to be able to do that. So that's one thing that has to be really important is, you know, like what she said, life changes. Updating. Yeah, yes. update your information every year. If you get married and you want to add your, your, your new spouse as the beneficiary, then you need to see an agent to update the beneficiary. When you get divorced, you want to do that as well. But also, um, you know, there's certain things you can do, I believe, you know, if the, I, I've seen it, where if, let's say, the, the divorce decree requires that the, spouse or the ex-spouse includes coverage for, the, for children. the children or maintains the life insurance policy for the child for the children um, but the insured is the is the ex-spouse so that if something happens to him 
the children are going to be the beneficiaries of the policy, then there are certain things that the that they can do. They can do like absolute assignments, things like that, uh, as a beneficiary, an absolute uh, uh, irrevocable beneficiary. So it cannot be changed without the other party being notified. Yeah, especially like military life insurance policies that becomes really important in terms of like written notice. Yeah, yeah, because there's there's different types of I guess policies that require the other spouses um, or mm. maybe not consent but written notice. Mm. Okay. Wow. And at our conference, you'll be learning more about these sorts of things. <laughs> yes. That's going to be March 21. We are going to also talk about things like having a health a savings account. Okay, so that you can handle different sorts of events that might Isn't come Isn't that up. called AFLAC? Um, <laughs> not necessarily. Right? And uh, we'll also be taking a look at how to pick a stock. We're going to mm. be taking a look at, at traditional wealth building activities as well as um, some of these health issues. And what I want to do before you have to go off to a wedding is... Um, <laughs> Notice I'm standing up. I'm getting uh, excited. Let's talk energized. about some health issues. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not okay. running away. I'm not running. I'll be here all the way up until the end of the show. Oh, Thank yeah. you. You know, I mean, all right. what they say now, the new cancer is is sitting down, right? Okay. So Let's talk about that. So we're trying now. to encourage people to just get up and do more things, stand up more often, and, you know, don't sit down all day. Um, it's it's, it's really lovely. important. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you notice now that there's a, a lot of offices now that are allowing their desks to to rise so mm -hmm. that people can get Stand. off of yes, their chairs I've seen some and of those. get up and move around and do things because sometimes people would sit down for a whole eight hours in one day, mm -hmm. and so I think the whole point is just getting up and just moving, get your blood flowing, um, and especially if you're feeling a little sluggish throughout yeah. the day, don't use coffee as I'm hiding mine, um, get up and, and move. You know, it'll help to energize you. Maybe take a walk around the office or something like that. So really, it's just about, you know, promoting more movement um, in your day. Um, mm -hmm. And whether it be, I mean, because our jobs, right? We're in an office all day long. We, we sit down and we, uh, we, and then when we get up, we're like, "Ow, oh, that hurts," or "This yeah, is stiff," and I this is, you know. And that. So if you just keep moving, it just—it sounds like it doesn't help, but it really does if you just become more. There's physically a time active. frame, isn't there? Like uh, they say, like after what an hour and a half or something, you should get up and and, and circulate yeah. the blood in your body. It it it's and it's helpful mentally too. I think you know for everybody, get up and move. But that's one of the things that I try to promote as much as as possible is you know don't sit down all day, get up and and so and how many around. steps. Should should we really be taking every day? Well, I hear some people say 10,000. You know, people have, Others say, well, here's the thing, you know, people have electronics now that right. can calculate all of those uh, steps and how much you mm -hmm. should have. Yeah, it, exactly. But I think it really depends on the person too, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the these electronics give you a general idea. It's almost like getting on a treadmill, right? The treadmill only calculates your calorie um, uh, usage uh, in general. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that person is actually burning that many calories. It really depends on their metabolism. It depends on their energy level. Um, so it's yeah. So it's basically just a, a bar that is set, but not necessarily f specifically for you. And you can determine that depending on your uh, you know your success of what you're doing. So say for example, ten thousand steps a day. That's what they say. The recommendation mm -hmm. is ten thousand steps a day. Right. And you think about your day. <laughs> Do I put in ten thousand steps? I mean. Well, how about if, like, say we're at our desk and you're just doing this, right? This is calculated as a step. 
but your body is moving. Interesting. Right? So another thing too is um, people are putting away their chairs and now they have this uh, exercise ball. The, my uncle uses that. Yeah, yeah because what it, by it. What, it, it up straight. what it does is it engages your core, and that's very important, right? Because you know you're not going to slouch on that ball, otherwise you're going to fall, fall over. Yeah. So another recommendation is to get an exercise ball and maybe sit on it for a, a couple of hours a day. His office is great. You go in and everybody's sitting on it, this big giant exercise ball. Yeah, but I mean, it's little perfectly things. straight up. See, little things like that. You don't necessarily have to go get a membership at a gym, although I do recommend it if you want to take my class. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Oh, and, and what class is that? I'm a, I'm a certified cycling instructor. Oh, That's wow. bicycles, right? Yeah, it, indo it's that. indoor spinning or uh, uh, stationary biking uh, is what it is, and and that's kind of how Pinky and I met was through through our the gym. Actually, we've met each other long before class. that, but but you can hear it in the voice, right? We've got that instructor voice, it's like really <laughs> raspy, and because we scream at people all day long, right? <laughs> uh, but so yeah, so I've been actually doing this a long time, I, and and right. really. Really, I can say that? Yes. yes. Okay, all right. Oh, no. uh, I'm at International wanna... Sports Center uh, okay. down in Mighty. Uh, right. I didn't even, I've never even heard or, of I'm it. I'm sorry, uh, in Anigua. I'm sorry. Anigua. KFC. Yeah. KFC. Oh, okay. <laughs> Conveniently KFC. located oh, right next right. to KFC, right? I, I can find that. Yeah. You know what's hard is like when, your you're, nose. when you're driving to the gym and then you uh -huh. walk out and you're walking into the door, all you smell is fried chicken. You're like, okay, that's going to be my inspiration. I'm going to work out really hard today. Okay. But most of the people I see that go into the gym uh, don't go that route because the success of exercising keeps you true. Keeps yeah. you know, wanting more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you don't want to go home and waste your hour. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what one of the things that people um, people their their misconception is. Oh, I'm going to work out, so they go and reward themselves with food that's yeah. probably <laughs> going to do just the opposite of what they just did in right. the gym. You know. So. We try to tell people, you know, 75% of it is what you put in your mouth, 25% of it is, is physical activity. Yeah, so I think that's probably the most important thing is people gotta remember, it's what you eat that determines your health. All right. You are what you eat. You are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know, I know. I don't want to be what I eat. <laughs> if you take a look at how what you eat. You know what I just. I look like a cookie. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, what I just started doing actually is I started growing my own microgreens in my home. Oh, nice. And I, I add it to everything I eat. If I have a hard-boiled egg, I take some of this um, uh, arugula, mm -hmm. and they're real oh, yeah, small, yeah, yeah. right? Take arugula, put it on your egg, and just eat it. That's little extra nutrients in, your, in what it mm -hmm. is that you're eating. I cut uh, the, the microgreen broccoli microgreen radish really and you just at, i grow it and so, so good cool. it gives, no it gives me a sense of responsibility at home right because now i'm an empty great. nester yeah right? my exactly. parent my, my kids yeah. are already grown and moved out now you have little so green babies i wake up and i'm like i can't wait to go water my microgreens and i never had a green thumb before i couldn't even keep cactus alive actually but <laughs> that's what i was told uh, but now I, I take pride in my little microgreen. I mean, I are just, they indoors? Indoors, and so it's. Did you get like a little kit or something? Or well, you, you can get you can get the kits at Guahan Sustainable Culture. Yeah. Okay. If you go to their website, and they will give you a, a little kit to begin your your little microgreen. But um, now I'm going to like the uh, the hardware store, and I'm buying my own soil. And I'm going to, mm -hmm. uh, I go to Simply Foods in, in Ganya mm -hmm. Heights, 
and I buy the microgreen seeds. They sell it there, oh, so you can always check it. They have, you can also also order it online, but you know you don't want like a whole no, hundred pounds of microgreens, right? Yeah, gonna, buy local. I say people just just start growing your own, and then you take pride in it, and it's just a little extra nutrition for you, right? So um, just. Wahan Sustainable Culture is Writing the website. It down. You okay. can check that Got out. It. They also have a Facebook page, so you can mm -hmm. check them out as well. Um, Shelly is a, she's, she, Shelly, Chris, Michelle. Michelle. Yeah, yeah, we call her Shelly, right? Yeah. Um, and she's she came to my office, gave me a little kit. But really, when you go to uh, get your to-go orders or take something from a restaurant, they'll give you these little plastic containers with a cover. Mm -hmm. That's my microgreen garden right there. I use mm -hmm. that. To, Recycling, to, good girl. Yeah, I, I use that. I put my dirt in it, and then I have like my little. And during the day, give it a little bit of sunshine. Put some water in it, and then when it's ready in about seven days, you're ready to you eat know, it. Eat it. Really? Yeah. But not a broccoli in seven days. Oh no, it, it's microgreen, so it doesn't yeah, come out like looking like like a regular. Oh, We're gonna okay. do that in May. Oh, okay. That's good. our May program actually oh, at the Guam Public Library. Yeah, and, and it's a good way to, yes. to get you know your kids to eat mm -hmm. um, more greens without mm -hmm. having them to eat a bundle uh, like yeah. a salad, right? Right, right? So these microgreens actually pack in more nutrients than an, uh, uh, the regular vegetable. Right. Wow, more nutrients oh, that's really in good those to microgreens. Know. Yeah, so I think that's a really good idea because some of the problems about buying um, things from the supermarket it spoils. Yeah. Yes. Quickly. I donate right. thirty dollars every every time I buy salad stuff. Right. You buy a bag of spinach, and then yeah, after you get like to the fourth yeah, day, it's you go, already starting owner, to. Just, I'm just donating yeah. this money. Yeah. So you buy a little less of it that at the store and grow the rest of it. You know, a little yeah. less and grow the rest. I think that that's the, probably great. a good a good. Um, so really, it's about eating. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I do want to promote more physical activity, though, because it helps. It goes mm -hmm. hand in hand. It's um, and for me. Being an instructor saves me from paying gym membership. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the way great. my mindset was. Well, I want to yeah. ask about your cycling class, though. Um, if you suffer from arthritis in your knees, mm -hmm. cycling is an excellent uh, exercise. Well, let me, let me just, I had an ordeal, and even people who are physically active are still vulnerable to injury, right? And so in November, right about Thanksgiving, I tore a cartilage in my hip. And, and that was from some really deep stretching, which I thought was good for me. Uh, but it turns out that it wasn't because I already had... I always knew that stretching was suspect. I already, <laughs> I already had a vulnerable cartilage, according to my, uh, my uh, orthopedic doctor. Your cartilage was already vulnerable. When you did a deep stretch, you just tore it. And mm. that little tear was Ouch. like right next to my nerve, so I couldn't even walk. Wow. And get this, this is holidays, right? where everything is the busiest time of, of the course, year. Right? Here I am in crutches and I, you know, it was not an easy thing to do. So the doctor mm -hmm. said rest and I went, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what rest is. And so I did that for about um, maybe three weeks going into Christmas. I was so depressed. The yeah. lack of physical activity depressed me. I was well, crying all the time. I didn't know you're if it missing was like, out on your endorphins. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know if it was like, is this menopause or is this because I'm just, you know, I had no idea what to pinpoint my, my depression was. But I found out it was the lack of activity, you know, the lack of the, the, the blood flow to make you feel happy. Um, and so when the doctor said you need rest, I, I should, shouldn't have, but I was stubborn. I went back to teaching. 
And when I did, I couldn't believe that uh, that I just started to feel better. I was I was giving my my body what it needed, which was blood flow and circulation. And mm-hmm. so I don't want to say don't listen to your doctor, <laughs> but there's a fine line between what it is that you do regularly. I mean, of course, you're not going to go do the extreme, but um, yeah. So my point was is that um, the cycling helped me because I had an injury, but I was still able to do it. Um, I couldn't run anymore, but I at least could get on the bike and exercise, mm-hmm. which means anybody uh, can get on a bike and exercise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But don't look at the, the instructor because they look like drill, drill, <laughs> drill sergeants well, because they can get pretty intense, right? Not to take away from gym bikes, but or even bicycles, right? Because not mm-hmm. everybody can ride a bike. Right. Um, right. I discovered the coolest thing. You can buy just the pedals. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm serious. Did you know that? No oh, handlebars. Look, mom, that. no hands. No, because I said to someone, okay, I said to buy to buy like a a, a bicycle machine, right? Like you see in the gym, that's going to be a few thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. I can't afford yeah. that. If I buy a regular bike, right, I'm just going to put it up on a stand in my living room, and it's still going to take up that space. And then my friend says, well, why don't you just get the pedals? I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? She goes to Amazon.com. Boom. You can mm-hmm. get just the pedals, and then you just put them on your in, desk. Exactly, mm-hmm. in front of any chair, and then you can just pedal while you're watching TV, or mm-hmm. yes, doing your work. Yeah, but you're still you're still moving. And there's no impact because exactly. you're sitting down yeah. on the yeah. chair, and you're. Of course, my my type of cycling is a little bit. I mean, it's it varies for <laughs> the different um, levels of your physical activity, but if you watch me, I can get pretty intense. So I think it could be it could look intimidating to but somebody you didn't who's start never really at intense. Oh you no, no, up we to all yeah, work so up to it. So people shouldn't feel bad if they can't keep up with you. At the gym that I'm at, we have two separate rooms. So mm-hmm. one is for the people who've been doing it for a long time, and then I encourage the ones that are just beginning to go into this other room, so that they're not so intimidated. intimidated yeah, you know, by or. And this is me. If I was in your class and I was in the the expert class, I would try to keep up with you because I would feel mm. like I look bad if I don't. And then you injure yourself. Yeah. So. The, fir- the first yeah. time I did cycling ever, because I had a, I was an instructor. You know, I I, went, I pushed too hard. I couldn't even sit down to use the restroom. Oh my! <laughs> it was. It, it had, I had to go before I had to go in order to actually <laughs> sit down on the bike, but. Yeah, it gets uh, it, it can get pretty intense. And because you're doing this one movement for a whole hour, your muscles are going to be sore. And I tell everybody that. Just do 15 minutes first and then work your way up to 30 and yeah. then work your way up to 45. Just And take don't it ever easy. feel bad about it because yeah, if listen you listen to if your you, body. Yeah, if you try and do it like I do, like oh no, I'm just going to I'm going to do the whole thing. And then the next day you can't move. And you yeah. can't, so you and and you need to be exercising every day. So if you if you go beyond your what you can do at that time and injure yourself, well now now you're not going to be able you're to do it every at day. All. Exactly. Like so what slow, happened with yeah, me. Slow start best. is best. So the doctor told me that my running career is over. Which girl, really, don't feel bad. I just got told that too. I have arthritis in both knees. Yeah, and and you know and. The, one of the things that, that he mentioned to me is like, well, you're not getting any younger. And I really don't like Why hearing that. Why did he say that? that? I know. I was like, wait, I see some 70, 80-year-olds are still running marathons. So how could you say was that this I'm a not getting... a male doctor or female? It was, but anyway. And no, I, <laughs> I always wonder, do they say that to their male patients? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Because, you know... I bet they don't. The, the way I felt was like, you need to start adjusting your 
your lifestyle because you're getting older. I guess that's the way it should be interpreted, right? Adjust your lifestyle because your age, you're you're getting older. Uh, he didn't mean to say you shouldn't do anything because you're right. getting older. He just meant to adjust your lifestyle, which means maybe don't turn up the, the, the gears on your bike too heavy or don't run because brisk walking is just as good as running, you know. It's um, it, as far as calorie burn, it's just as good. So I've had to learn how to now do a 5K. And as soon as the gun goes off to for the start, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not going to run this one. I'm just going to walk really, really, really fast. But then you don't get a T-shirt. <laughs> I know, right? That's, yeah. Most people see, do 5Ks just to get a T-shirt. <laughs> you see somebody like J-Lo, and she looks, like, amazing the older she gets. But you know what? She's got yeah. a trainer that works out and with her. And a dietitian. Her. Yeah, exactly. Someone else making her meals. Right? Yeah. All she does is work out. Right? Exactly. So don't. But don't I use videos. Bad if you don't look I like use J-Lo. videos in my class to inspire people like that. You know, oh, like nice. um, I, if in my my gym class, my Lizzo is like my warm up love her song, uh, and so I put the video on. And if you watch Lizzo's uh, music video to this, it's all '80s. So I'm like, she's wearing like you know leg warmers, leg, warmer. leg warmers, <laughs> and a headband, and she's you know. So it's really cute. So it, for me, um, I also have visual inspiration in my class because um, we have TVs in there. So I show okay. people, here, we go. We got to do this. And Or sometimes I'll put on a scenic route, like let's go ride bikes through Italy or Europe yeah. or, you know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, oh, that like through that. Hawaii or something, you know. I'm, we're yeah, on Hawaii. Because that's, so. that's actually, for me, been one of the, the things that I, I don't like um, about gyms is you know, like if, if I'm walking, I like to like walk on a sidewalk that's near the beach. So I I like to have something nice to mm-hmm. look at. It, so it, that's wonderful that you do that. Yeah, it's uh it's engaging all of your senses, right? And and when you do that, the hour goes by so quickly. It's like wow, mm-hmm. did we just finish a whole hour of this activity? And so if you engage everybody with the music quality the visual sense, then they don't realize that they're working out really hard. So you, you know? cycle for a full hour? Mm-hmm. You are a wow. monster. Yeah, wow. well, a wow. three. Wow. Three. Which is... Can you tell us what time and all that? Yeah, when are yeah, your classes? Okay, okay. so, okay. Um, yeah. You're welcome, International Sports Center. <laughs> uh, so I'm at uh, the International Sports Center Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I'm going to try to incorporate the Mondays. That would be... Oh, the only reason why I want to incorporate back in Mondays is because I feel like if you start your week that way, oh, yeah. it's going to help energize oh, you, yeah, you know? Great. Um, so Tuesday and Thursday, 5.30 p.m. So it's after work. Nice. You know, after work. And they're in Mighty. By I'm sorry, in Inigua. Inigua, sorry, that's yeah. right. No. By KFC. By KFC. <laughs> I know, I'm trying not to think about that part because now I want... Uh, a- there is a drop-in fee. Um, I think it's... Uh, I believe it's ten dollars. Uh, I guess you can call the gym and find out and and uh, find out what the the drop-in rate is. I think they do have a day rate, so you can come in and utilize the entire gym. And we got some brand new machines, which are really um, uh, geared towards people who do have arthritis issues. Oh. Like you, you know, they don't have the well, impact. Sorry, let's make- yeah, I, swear, I, I would love to. Maybe what we could do is during your conference, I'll do a little warm-up oh, session, and we'll get up there and we'll exercise wow. a little right. bit before we start the conference. Are we writing that down? Oh, what day is this again? It's Saturday, March twenty-one, and it's from ten a.m. to two. Okay, great. And if you don't mind uh, we'll a little work, warm-up, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get up there and into the okay, great. To the schedule, maybe right at the start of the program. That sounds like <laughs> she's, a really she's slipping me the ticket. <laughs> 
No, I'm so glad that you are doing yeah. this, and and you know to have the three of us here, in here, here talking go. about this, the uh, the correlation of everything is is about being proactive and not mm-hmm. reactive, right? right. With uh, okay, now I got two, <laughs> um, two tickets. Uh, so the being proactive in your mm-hmm. life, whether it be for life insurance or you know pre-planning for your marriage or divorce. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but you you have to plan in the marriage, not at divorce time, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and you have to plan your divorce. Or, and, and, you know what? Don't well, even look at it. No, I mean, no, what I'm well, saying. Well, yes, you do. Yeah. You, well, you, just don't, you just don't jump the gun like of that. Of course not. So it, it takes, yeah, sometimes it, it takes people years. As a matter of fact, I want to see her paper. I'm so, I don't even remember <laughs> going through that. No, so, <laughs> I like, but I don't want But well, that's <laughs> like, because okay, Catherine is such that? an excellent attorney. No. Yeah. She is truly the most organized oh, student Oh, great, great. Well, I've been, I've been, uh, with a, I've been actually seeing a lot of attorneys throughout my lifetime, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're one of I the, would the prettiest. You're one of the prettiest. Don't tell Jay really that. <laughs> <laughs> but but and then and then with health, so health, it's health care. It's not sick care, and that's what mm-hmm. we're really trying to tell people. If you're already sick, it's not health care anymore. Yeah. It's sick care. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to take care of your health and protect it. Don't wait until you're sick, and right. so. So we're, so we're looking at 10-year plans for building your wealth in this conference. We're looking at a 10-year health plan. So uh, we're going to have, on the health side, we're going to have our vice president of membership, who is a gold medalist and bodybuilder. We are going to have quite a, um, a lineup to help us get healthy. Because, hmm, Cindy, you and I, we could... Use I am little. the poster child for arthritis. I have it from my neck uh, all the way down my spine, both hips, and oh, now my wow. knees. And I have carpal tunnel syndrome. Oh, wow. Well, and my in my neck. Sorry. This is what to look forward to if you're young. Uh, yeah. I have degenerative disc disease. So my... Um, in your spine? My In my neck. neck. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, it's not fun. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I have now when I have said, okay, uh, because I am heavy. If you've never met me before, surprise, I'm a big girl. No. <laughs> but, you know, that that is actually, you know, being overweight does cause health issues for sure. It does. You know, I mean, um, it's like my sister... catch 22. You got to yeah. do this, but you can't do it. Right. So, well, like in, in our home, right, my sister is much... Uh, She's always been a smaller, you know, physique than me, but she's always been more active as well. But she got diabetes very young, and she has diabetes very seriously. She has to have a service dog with her because if her sugar drops, she can faint. Mm. I never had that issue, even at my fattest, right? So I'm Mm. like, ha-ha, I am diabetes resistant. And then turned out, no, I wasn't. (laughs) No, because I eventually got it, as you will. You know, you so... If you if you are one of those people that you know you're just out there eating whatever you want to eat because mm-hmm. you feel it doesn't have any effect on you and your numbers are fine, that doesn't mean they're always gonna be fine. You mm-hmm. can't you can't perpetually keep eating like that and mm-hmm. not have um, something something turn up some yeah. sort of health issue. Well, I yeah. didn't just I wasn't born an instructor, um, mm-hmm. and normally we we're not. We go through life and we understand what it is that we need to do to change our lifestyle um, because I was like you I was that fat kid um we and my my siblings my sister was the skinny one that's how they classified us yeah oh she's the thin one. Oh, she's the fat one that yeah. would be me mm-hmm. and so because of that it 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 allowed me to get become more physical I joined basketball volleyball you know sports activities and 
And now here I am. And it's easier for me to understand what I need to do now at my age than it is for my sister because she didn't have to live that life to get to that point. And right. so now she's like, oh, I can't exercise. I can't do this and that. Like, ah. And because she never she never had to. So now we're trying. To, I'm trying to motivate her. Right. right? Yeah. Um, but it, it's really about lifestyle changes, right, that leads us to wherever we're at at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part. And yeah. when you start it, too, I think another thing is, is knowing not to give up right away because it takes a certain amount of time for something to become a habit yes so yes, and i forget absolutely. what this i forget what the number is but it's like i know it's a, it's a few weeks i believe oh, i want to say seven eating is a habit seven. as well too it's sure yeah. it you know eating uh like sugar is habitual it mm-hmm. really is people crave it um so little changes like that right cindy you don't want to be a cookie she yeah. doesn't want to <laughs> you are what you eat <laughs> i love it it's like yeah. oh, I've been eating pizza. That's why I'm so round. <laughs> well, my well, my mom is a baker, so this is the household I had to live in, right? Uh, wow. She she bakes bread, she bakes cookies, cakes. I mean, this I grew up in this household. So carb heaven. Oh, carb heaven. I grew up. Yeah. So, but but here's the funny thing: I don't crave sweets because I lived in that household. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking more for savory stuff. Like, give me a pickle that's like hot and. Pika. Yeah. <laughs> I want to eat the pickle, And actually, right? pickles are a wonderful <laughs> snack. They have no calories yeah. at all. It's very yeah. salty. Yeah, <laughs> and very salty. But, but I you mean, know. I guess the whole point is, is like getting in front of your health mm-hmm. and uh, your eating habits. And that really is the Right, I looked it up. Thing. It takes 66 days for a new behavior to become an automatic habit. 66 days? So it's saying two months. Like you got to do something for at least two months before you can honestly decide if you don't like but it. But is it continuous though? Yeah. It ha- yeah. Well, yeah. Like sixty-six days of exercise. That, hence the uh, hence sixty-six the, days to be exact. The January first um, gym memberships go up. They Absolutely, skyrocket, yeah. and then by, by March, March empty. Run, gone. Pick <laughs> whichever realize, spin cycle you want. <laughs> uh, but it depends too. I mean, how often did you go within those sixty-six days? That's it. Right? Yeah. That's so important. You got to do it for sixty-six. Well, days. I know I was losing weight when we had that pool up and running in Aganya. Right. So I, I am not voting. Well, that was a bummer for me because if yeah. they don't get that pool fixed, yeah, I'm counting. Well, we have we have a lot of issues with that too yeah. now with the director not no longer I know. there. So there's well, I don't know. We just got to take the politics out of it. Really. I have been paying attention yeah. to it. Yeah, but he just, I just resigned for health reasons. Yeah, but, and you it's know, both of them. Yeah, it's both, it's both of them, of them now. now. Yeah, the, yeah, they had yeah, to close the green. The one the in Aganya was really yeah. helping me. Um, oh. Lose well, weight. And I'm really, but the yeah. day that they closed the pools, the, the first time, right? Now, mm-hmm. I know they've just recently reclosed them, but the, the was the exact day that my doctor diagnosed um, the arthritis in my knees and said, oh. so no yeah, walking, so no running, but what you can pool. do is you can swim. swim. And I'm like, that's awesome because swimming was always my sport. And, and then, now and, there's no pool. Right. And I'm like, oh, pool closed. Oh, man. I'm, it, I'm unbelievable. Yeah. You know? We need to get some competence mm-hmm. at all levels. And if it's a guy that's running parks and recs, because guys tend to get that job, it's got to change. Let's put somebody in there that will, you know, let the proper contract. Maybe we need somebody be, from the Guam Women's Football League to step up and or, or some, <laughs> go to parks and rec. Right? Yeah. And, you know, maybe it needs to be a woman. Why can't mm-hmm. a woman run, run mm-hmm. parks, of course she and could. parks and rec? Well, we have most of the women already running most of the agencies, so why not Parks and Rec, too, right? Well, I hate to tell you this, but (laughs) if we can't get that pool fixed, I'm pretty sad because 
There's a lot of people, even our children, actually utilize it. Well, not for only that, but that. we want to teach swimming so that our children don't mm -hmm. drown. Yeah, and we, we go live to the on Olympics. an island. Yeah. When we don't have a pool to teach swimming in, that there's something wrong. It really impacted my daughter's um, swimming class. So she had it in the first semester. Fortunately, the mm -hmm. pool was still working at that point in time. But for second semester academy, they don't really have swimming anymore. So they're really just stuck oh, like yeah. writing essays right mm -hmm. now. Yeah, mm -hmm. because yeah. of that pool instead problem. of. Yes. going out and swimming yeah, yeah. Plus, and there yeah. is there was a public swim team because there were there are swim teams um that compete actually i used to when i was a kid i believe they still do though yeah. right and they compete with the uh, the military each mm -hmm. base has a team right because mm -hmm. they all have pools on the bases and they compete and so now our local team which is i want to say it's the manhattan manhoban i think there's two manakai and manhoban right? thank you there yeah. i knew yeah. there was two yeah okay. and where are they practicing now last time the pool was broke for a long time um, I believe Naval Hospital let them come up and practice there, but I don't know if that's something right, that's right. been arranged. Yeah, they. I mean, they have other pools they can utilize. Maybe, maybe the hotels is a good idea because you but know, it's if not like the the one for like competition. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And yeah. even even Naval yeah. Hospitals is is not. Um, it's like less than twenty five meters. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. How did we get off on the pool? <laughs> I know, right? I, I it's mean, exercise. Really We're talking to, about well, exercise. I, I don't really want to do in the government of Guam. Yeah. <laughs> we really need competent people at all levels right. of government. And something as simple as a pool. And they think it's frivolous, but it's not frivolous if we think about it because we need to teach our children, especially with summer coming up, how to swim. Mm -hmm. We don't want any more drownings. I remember one, That's of, for our, safety, one yeah. of your classmates, I think, drowned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, but but he was a good swimmer. Yes. See, but um, that's just that's what he was he, in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. he was out Currents. there to yeah. pull somebody in. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. That's always but, but so sad. But we do need yeah. those classes so that people learn how to do that um, safely. You know, if maybe he had water safety, I became a water safety instructor. Mm -hmm. uh, WSI. So I think it's really important that. Um, I, I was a, I was a product of the Aganya swimming pool summer mm -hmm. swimming classes uh, for many years and yeah even at that if you don't continue to practice it too right. it's you know and so we do need the pool no but matter what happened to like USO Beach or why can't we get a beach too that that can because be there's fish in there. <laughs> and if it's not that's on why your you plate, don't see then. me in there. No, there are fish in there and, I, I, and other stuff like velati an and <laughs> first time i got yeah, close up with the trigger fish the picassos as a yen <laughs> okay guys. I, I i hear your frustration mrs taito i know that it's yeah it, it's it's rough the whole the whole community is feeling that frustration of the pool yeah yeah and and I Pools, don't want to point yeah. the finger at any one person. I mean, maybe it's not his fault. Maybe the person they hired didn't do the job correctly. What? Well, from some but of the damage, uh, you know, that I'm hearing. I mean, these these aren't things that happened overnight. So. No, right? Yeah, there no. was like and, a, and I don't want to point fingers at right. anyone. Right. But I I do want. We'll do it off the air. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. I They're going to talk to me. That's for sure. That's uh, the nature of my you know the nature of my business is I could stand in line at the bank. Oh, I, could I know. Eat brunch or something with a family and and you know the the conversations come up about certain things and agencies and laws and mm -hmm. and so that's what I signed up for that's what everybody says what I you signed up for that. so you're never really not working right you're always right. trying yeah. to get the community's sense and what's happening in the government and mm -hmm. how can we fix it 
you know, a lot of these things are all ongoing and they all led up to a certain point. So mm -hmm. But now we need to go back and fix it and go backwards instead of go forward. But the pools in the hotels manage <clears throat> to be maintained. So I think if we can manage to maintain those pools, right. we should be able to maintain at least one of one, our pools. At least one, right. <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we find out who's cleaning their pools and offer them a part-time job right? cleaning, well, I think we also taking have, care of ours? Um, there's a lot of public... Uh, private partnerships that's, yeah, that's uh, cool. going on mm -hmm. and that's that's what happened there is they I think they relied on a uh, a private to to determine the quality of the water and just didn't turn out that way yeah so we'll yeah. have to work on yeah that problem. so we'll work on that we'll yeah. work on that problem <laughs> but in the meantime to so say we have six minutes left so we should okay. do a recap okay let's recap and one of the things I want to recap is our upcoming conference our conference this year AUW sponsors one every month every March and uh, this year it's going to be at the Hilton at the Hilton Galleria it's a beautiful room from 10 a.m. till 2 it includes lunch it's $40 and it's March 21 so book your tickets that's right and the theme mm -hmm. is wealth and health building for the new decade right and uh and the reason it is held every march is because march is women's history month yay, yay. go oh, girls good. well i'm go excited girls. then so, yeah thank like, you for coming i, I was just yeah. showing pinky my uh my schedule and it says no events it's free so oh good <laughs> i guess all right I'll, so senator, senator munya is booked yeah. All right, so that yes. is the She'll Women's Conference. Uh, it'll be on March 21st, and uh, you were saying there'll be... Is, will it have breakout sessions? Yes, I think we are having some breakout sessions uh, this year, depending on the times that we get. One of the excellent programs we're going to have is we have uh, Holly Rusnick uh, scheduled. She's going to do a program on grantsmanship. Usually we think of wealth building, personal wealth. We will have that. But we are going to have a segment because she's written a book on grant writing. Mm -hmm. And she's an excellent little um, grant writer. And uh, the, the book is really good, and it's available on Amazon.com um, now. And so we're going to be featuring uh, her as well on grant writing. That's so good. it's not just um, for the businesswoman. Okay, a lot of people think AUW and the chamber are kind of the same that we're business women, but we're not. A lot of people uh, do work on grants in uh, the American Association of University Women. A lot of us uh, work through the university or through GCC, but grant writing is very important. Maybe it would even help the pool situation <laughs> if we could. Well, that's very learn. possible because that, that's, yes. what's, that's what the um, state clearinghouse uh, does up at Adeloop, right? Is right. they look for grants. Yes. So, so. Right. So grant writing is important for anybody who works for the government of Guam. And I will tell yeah. you, as a uh, massage job, as as a professional writer, um, <laughs> the biggest money is in writing grants. So if you are someone who you have a, a, a flair for writing, or just like you have like a good command of the English language and you write well. Uh, consider becoming a grant writer because if for the profession of writing, that's where. You the money is. Money. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's where the money is. Money yep. Yep. Sounds exciting. Yep. All right. Or well, you ladies. can fund your project. Exactly. You know, the, yeah. the thing that you want to see done. Yep. Mm -hmm. That is, that is, uh, okay. wow. So on that note, no. <laughs> I want to thank all of you ladies for being here today. Ms. Claudia Titano, our Vice President of Programs for the AAUW Guam Branch. Eileen Cruz from... 
cruise. Um, I was gonna say cruise benefits, benefits consultants. Ben, consult. Oh man, CBC. You guys are both CBC. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's I actually mean, our logo, CBC. That's oh, there. You go. Yeah. And the other CBC, which is Catherine Bejerana Camacho, attorney at law. And thank you so much for uh, educating us on, um, you know, how to protect yourself it's in a breakup. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah and this is your third, your second time on the show. So thank you so much for coming back. And Senator Louisa Munya Barnes. Munya Barnes. Senior. I know everybody says that all the time. Trust when I me. say it fast, yeah, it just comes out. It works out that way. I a day see Tina. Look what yeah. you're doing to me. I know. It's so what okay. I was going to say, well, that's because, you know what, I don't think of, I, I mean, I understand you're a senator, of course, but we've been friends for so long. When I see you, I just, it's Louise. It's Louise. And I was going to ask, and how is it to be home? Because uh, you're it. actually. Been, you know, as a matter of fact, I've been coming back a lot more here to do interviews uh, for other side projects that I do. So cool. um, I'm very excited to be here. I always feel comfortable. Like the family welcomes me back, like Jeremy. Right. And so every time I come in, I still feel like a part of the family. I took a picture and selfie of me and Rex outside. Well, I tell you what, and, I'm going straight from okay. this show to my show on Cat FM. If Ooh, you want to come over and say oh hi. Oh, my God. Uh, that's your station, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, thank you for allowing me to be here. My pleasure. I just want to let all the listeners know that, you know, when you see me, um, and just come up to me and talk to me about anything, we could we could have coffee we could you know take a little walk or something um let's just have some fun and that's what life is about right exactly all right well yeah. ladies thank yeah. you very very much and please don't forget um if you're listening to please come and attend our 2020 aauw women's conference on march 21st that's a saturday it's going to be from 10 a.m to 2 p.m at the hilton guam it includes lunch how do we get tickets real fast miss claudia I know we can, can at the door. from any of the officers, or you can uh, go on to our Facebook page, and we should have Send us a message, yep. Send us a message, and we'll get you that ticket. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been another wonderful edition of The Dish, which airs every... If I keep wanting... I must want it to be every Saturday, which airs on the last Saturday of the month, brought to you by the AAUW Guam branch. This is Cindy Hansen. Thank you for joining us, and have a great weekend. Don't catch what I'm throwing, then I'll leave you behind. Gone in a flash, and I am living like that. Exercise your brain, stimulate those waves. KTUM AM, Hagatnia Guam, News Talk, K57, News Talk, K57. afternoon happy saturday to you this is sister cindy hansen <laughs> you know i don't know if anybody out there who listens to news talk k57 knows that i'm sister cindy but if you do awesome otherwise i'm just cindy and i am hosting the dish it happens every saturday well no it doesn't it happens always on the last saturday gosh you, well, it should be every saturday it, that would be cool too right so a month goes by and I don't know how to introduce the show anymore. Let me try again. This is Cindy. You're listening to The Dish. It's brought to you on the last Saturday of the month by the American Association of University Women's Guam Branch, or the AAUW, as we call it for short. And we have a cool uh, lineup of guests today. We have uh, Ms. Eileen Cruz with us. Good morning and thank you. Oh, that's right. This is like the weird time of day where I don't know whether to say good morning or good afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh, 
also joining us again, and thank you so much for coming back, Catherine Bejirana Camacho, who is a local attorney. Good afternoon. Cool. Thank you so much for coming back again. Pinky Luhan is here. Just as here well. for support. You're so funny. And also the vice president. Now, you, we just had an election, and I don't no, know no, what the no. results are. What, we haven't had an election. Oh, we haven't. Okay. But, but I am the, the vice president. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody we'll should go to the meetings. We'll be holding our election Somebody. in April. And uh, we do have a slate of candidates up. Okay. Uh, this year so far thrown into the hat is Dr. Riley. Uh, nice. She is um, from Dodea and uh, an educator. We have um, a whole list of candidates, and we will print that list out at the conference that will be March 21, which is our next meeting and AUW's annual women's conference. Before we jump mm -hmm. into that, let yes. me finish introducing you. This is our vice sure. president of programs mm -hmm. and acting president, Ms. Claudia Titano from the AAUW Guam branch. So we have two subjects that we're going to tackle today. The first hour, I'm going to let you introduce Claudia. Oh, okay. Well, we brought our attorney here today, our AAUW's um, attorney. And she is going to help us understand what we need to do after that Valentine's uh, romance uh, kind of starts breaking down. That, after, after the, the honeymoon, honeymoon yeah, is after over. After Valentine's honeymoon. Right. And so she's going to be talking a little bit about how uh, you can protect yourself as a, a woman, how you should protect yourself legally. Um, you know, we hear all these horror stories where women are left with tons of debt from their husbands or uh, where um, they end up in poverty after the divorce. So um, since this year has been about um, healthy relationships, building wealth, that sort of thing. We wanted to make sure that we included what to do after the honeymoon's over. Uh, or if you're thinking about ending that honeymoon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, we brought our attorney uh, back with us. And uh, she handles issues from immigration to divorce to um, I don't know, but why don't you start talking now and okay. tell us a little bit about this issue. So basically, 60% um, of my practice is immigration, but 40% of it is really um, divorce and litigation. And in a way, they're actually, t um, they intertwine because sometimes one of the considerations you need to um, have in filing a divorce is the immigration issue. But anyway, we'll put that in the back burner. But Children, money, sex, really. In, in a divorce, those are really the, the main issues why people get a divorce, why people get married, children, yeah. money, sex. Right. And, that's one, and those are the three reasons why people end up getting a divorce. And really, there's various types of divorces on Guam. So why don't we go through that outline? There's okay. an uncontested divorce. You know, the classic yep. uncontested divorce. I don't mind, she don't mind, so we're gonna do this yes. thing. So fortunately, Guam is a no-fault jurisdiction, unlike some other jurisdictions in the, in the states. So for example, my understanding in New York, which I don't practice, I'm not licensed, you actually have to prove that somebody was bad. Right. But on Guam, we have the concept of irreconcilable differences. Nobody was bad, but we just don't get along. We don't want to be married anymore. That's, is that why some attorneys actually um, will advertise like 
overseas. Yes, because <laughs> on Guam, pursuant to statute, we have that seven-day divorce. So the seven-day divorce is essentially um, so long as both parties sign, um, and one of the party, it can be either the plaintiff or defendant, resides in Guam for seven days prior to the filing of the divorce. Um, Guam gains jurisdiction over the over the divorce. Right. So basically. Or, over the case and the judge can sign off on it. So in I've had clients coming from Greece, coming wow. from Germany, coming from the Philippines and coming from the mainland to benefit from the seven day divorce. So Guam is actually one of the easiest places to get a divorce. I mean, no, I'm just, I'm not bad. laughing. It's not funny. Divorce no. is not funny. But when I worked at GVB many years ago, um, that was like one of the um, highlights. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would say things that they tried to advertise. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> the exact opposite. Girl. Okay. Yeah, no, because Guam Guam is known yes. for that. You know, yes. internationally, people actually are aware if they want to get a divorce that they can get one in seven days in Guam. Yes, and that was like a really bad tourism marketing ploy as far as GVB was. But they wanted them to think about our beaches, our cultural... The romantic uh, aspect? Yeah, well, everything that's wonderful about Guam. And I suppose if you were looking for a divorce, that part is wonderful. Yeah, so absolutely. So I've had like clients, you know, who contact me and essentially um, set it up. And what we do is we get it prepared and we have their spouses sign off on it. And then they bring the documents back, and then um, they reside here for seven days. You actually have to prove so residency for seven days. Both parties don't even have to no, physically be only here. Only one. Oh my. Gosh. Only one has to reside here for seven days. Wow. And you just have to prove, like, you have to submit plane tickets, um, you know, your your boarding pass, and you know, hotel stays. So you actually have to submit an affidavit saying that you um, stayed here for seven days. So that's the easiest type of divorce, uncontested. You don't have, you know, you don't have to be, off has to be uncontested. Yes, because both parties have to agree upon the terms and conditions of the divorce. Now, under the seven-day divorce, there are certain aspects that the court might not have jurisdiction over. For example, property that's outside of Guam and children. Right. So the court may not be able to render an official order with respect to that. But it doesn't mean the parties can't memorialize, you know, um, what they've agreed upon with respect to the children. But technically, it's not going to be enforceable with respect to custody, especially if the child has never lived here. Because in order for the Guam court to have jurisdiction over children of the marriage, the child has had to live here for at least six months. So that's very important. So that's like the easiest way, you know, I have a lot of divorces that go through that. Children, no children, property. And some of it is like really simple. You know, they've been married like a couple of months. They just decided to get a divorce and that's fine. Um, and it can be very um, complicated as well, but for some reason, both parties are in agreement. We don't wanna be with each other yeah. anymore. So then that's the uncontested divorce. That's the true uncontested. Um, the second, type of divorce is a default divorce. So a default divorce is when one party doesn't want to sign but doesn't contest. So the other party can either reside on Guam or can reside outside of Guam. They just have to be properly served and their and service can be accomplished in many ways. So let's take into consideration let's say that you I mean you know to make it easier sister me Cindy. I'm getting married y'all just so I can get divorced. Okay, so you're you're gonna get a divorce, and um, your husband 
lives on Guam and we serve him. We file a complaint and summons and we serve him. He has like 20 days to file a response. And if he doesn't file a response, then we can go through the default process. The other way is let's say the other person lives in another state or another country. Now I've done several in which, you know, they live in the Philippines or they actually live in various parts of the mainland. So that's accomplished in various ways, you know, one of the most important things, it's the, the default procedure has pretty much evolved since I've started this. And one of the things that the judge really wants to know is, does the other person have notice of the divorce? Right. So for the states, it's easy for us to hire a process server. So we've recently, the past couple of months, we've hired a process server to serve a spouse in Texas, New Jersey, California, you know, and we, they, that's pretty simple. Now right. we're actually in the process of serving somebody in Washington state. Um, and essentially, if they live off island, instead of a 20 day summons, they're issued a 30 day summons. So they have 30 days to respond. Now in the Philippines, it's a little bit more difficult because there's not like official process servers. Right. And if you hire official process server, it may cost you, let's say $2,000. And you know, that's a little bit expensive. Yeah. So what we've done is we've actually have had, you know, the barangay captain in the Philippines mm -hmm. accompany the individual, um, a family member or, or friend and have that person serve. But on Guam, we still have to go through the process of service through publication just to basically meet the basic service requirements on Guam. So we've done that as well. And if they don't respond within, you know, the a certain period after publication, posting, mailing, then we can go through the default process. Is it considered like a form of abandonment? Not an abandonment. It's more like they, in any case, really, it doesn't have to be a divorce. If you're served a complaint, properly served, and you don't respond, that's how you can obtain a default against them. I see. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I always tell individuals, if you're served any documents, you have to seek the advice of an attorney. Whether you hire that attorney is another, you know, another issue, but it's really important to, you know, con to consult with one. Right. And just to let you know, Sister Cindy, when attorneys get divorced, they hire another Other attorney. Attorneys. Oh, yeah. They don't represent themselves. Of course not. You know, it's never a good idea to represent. Like your the surgeon doesn't do surgery on himself no. or herself or himself, <laughs> right? We hope so, not. Yeah. So then the, the most complex type of divorce is really the contested divorce. And that's really what you see in court, you know, the one that gets litigated. It can um, it can go on maybe for a year or two. Yep, or longer. <laughs> or even after the divorce is completed, they can still go back to court because there's issues that pop up. And we can talk about that as well. But so, you know, I, I brought my, with me um, a questionnaire that we give uh, potential clients just to outline certain issues that they have to be aware of okay. you know they have to have the basic information have a copy you know it surprises me that not everybody who's married has a copy of their marriage certificate I mean that is you, strange. you have, <laughs> no I mean even yeah. the birth certificate of your children even their own birth certificates oh yeah and okay. you know the the biggest issue that's all or the biggest document that's always like fought over children's passports yeah. <laughs> I was very happy when my son turned 16. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, because then you don't need yeah, the consent. Yes. Exactly. Because that becomes that's another issue we go back to court about. Oh, the other parent's not cooperating. Oh, doesn't want to sign off on the passport. Yeah. The child doesn't have a passport. And we live on Guam and it's important that the child has a passport. So really have possession of your own documents. You don't have to ask your spouse, oh, can I have a copy? You can get it. Yeah. You have a right to it. So if you, whether you got married on Guam, I believe it's just $5, you can get it, you know, in the vital statistics, you really should have your own, you know, set of documents. And even passports, you should have a copy of it as well. So that's really important, you know, basic. And the reason why is because some individuals don't have the basic information of their spouse, you know, for right, example, right. and that's really necessary when filling up the divorce questionnaire. So although it sounds simple, uh, mm-hmm. most people don't have that. And the other thing is have an understanding of your property and debts, because what I've seen in the landscape of you know individuals and couples is that one person basically takes control right. over the family's finance, and you know, and the other. Per- <laughs> Sorry, they're laughing because I'm raising my hand because you're darn and, right, that's me and my house. But it can be, it can be the, it can be either spouse, but you know, and if you have an agreement that that spouse takes control, because you know, like for example, it with my parents, you know, my dad, he's the one responsible for paying the bills and everything. So it's like, okay, but then you have to have an understanding. Okay, what bills do we have to right, pay? Right. You know, it's like okay, because sometimes women most of the time women don't know or don't have an understanding of what they own Mm. yeah and so let's say that you have a property together you think you have a property together you have to make sure you really do because what i've noticed recently i've had to do a couple of deeds for older couples they have just become to or they've um, come to the realization that one of the spouses although they bought it during their marriage only one name yes and it's just say like sister cindy um you know married to your husband but it doesn't show the ownership to your husband it only shows you (laughs) no i mean i'm just kidding that's not funny (laughs) this is turning into an entirely different show (laughs) i should say for the record before i have never been married and i guess everybody understands why But I've, rec- but I've seen that happen lately. And you know, th- these are happy marriages and it wasn't right. the intent of the husband to basically not include the wife. Well, when you're in love and it's the start of a marriage, or, you never, you know, they, you know, divorce is like the furthest thing Or they from were your so mind. excited. Oh, like we, we bought a house and lot, you know, this was in the seventies or the sixties. It's like, it's our name together because they saw their name. They didn't see that it was only, you know, as an attachment, like married to that individual. So it's important that you have a copy, obviously, of the property and deeds. Does Guam not right. have the automatic 50-50 like okay. California? So uh, we are a community property jurisdiction. So there is a presumption. You know, there is a presumption that everything you obtain during your marriage is presumptively community property. So everything you purchase before you're married is presumptively separate property. But notice how I said presumptively. Yeah, I never Because it's that. a presumption because it can be rebutted. Mm-hmm. So this becomes a little bit complex. Let's say you purchased a property um, in 2000, you got married in 2001, but there's a mortgage on it. Presumptively it's separate property, but 
let's say you're using community funds to pay off that mortgage, there becomes a time in which there's the other spouse gains a potential interest in that property. Now, this is really important, though, especially not in the context of divorce, but still relevant because let's say your spouse died. So in, in the situation in which your husband's name is in the property, but only married to, what do you have to do? I mean, it's not automatic that you, know, you can wipe off your husband's name in it, name away from the property. Right. And you would have to still go through some sort of court proceedings to prove that you know, it was, it's still community property. I had a situation, it was one of my um, challenging um, probate cases in which the wife and the husband they got married, or the husband <clears throat> acquired property, and then a year later, he married the wife. But he never put the wife's name the in, in the property. Yeah. But the wife, who made a lot of money throughout the marriage, would dump money you know, towards the mortgage, like 10000 20000 right. because you know, she wanted to pay it off. Yeah. You know, her interest was to reduce the principal. Of course. The husband died, didn't have a will. So... This becomes a little bit complex, though, because presumptively it's separate property. So under the statute, separate property is treated if you have children, there's no child. But mm. if it's just pure separate property, guess who gets an interest? The parents and the siblings. Mm -hmm. But, mm. In, but in, that, in that case, what I did was because of the nature, you know, we had to, fortunately in this case, the... My client had all of the documentation, you know, she even had, you know, the cashier's check and everything. And um, we sent notices to the um, potential heirs, um, which were the siblings. But I had to do a whole um, briefing about why technically, yes, it may have been separate property, but throughout their marriage, like 25 years of marriage, it became... 99%, 99.99% community interest. So really only the value of the separate property was what? Th a, a thousand, thousand. Com <laughs> yeah. compared to a couple of hundred thousand. And fortunately in that case, no other heirs um, opposed it. And we were successful in proving mm -hmm. and you know getting an order that that property should be transferred into the wife's name, especially because you can prove contribution. But you can see how difficult it is. And expensive, I would imagine. Yes, it is. I mean, you know, good for attorneys, but right. in the end. <laughs> but so it's not in the context of divorce, but it does have relevance because um, what I've seen individuals do is let's say that you, one person buys property and then they live there. They treat it as their marital home. And then they pay mortgage on it, right? And then they get a divorce. And then the other spouse, let's say the wife, you know, j because we're making husbands look bad right now. Let's just say. We could talk, we could do gay marriage okay. and then they'd both well, be husbands. One of the, one of the spouse, spouse A. <laughs> okay. Spouse A says, ha ha, this is my property. You see it? Only my name. And then spouse B goes, wait a minute. You know, my part of my paycheck was used to pay off the mortgage every single month. Right, right. And in the end of the day, most judges would rule that, you know, there is some community interest in it. But again, you have to go through litigation, mm -hmm. you, you know? So usually in that type of situation, I always try to advise my clients, you know, if your husband or wife sees that as their property, fine and dandy, but if you, then you should get your own property, you know, have an agreement that, or have a marital home that's clearly yours. But don't be misled to think that automatic just because you're yeah. living there for decades, it becomes you know yours. Mm -hmm. Because 
although maybe in the end the judge will rule in your favor, you're still you know shelling out thousands of dollars to prove that point. Whereas if you protected yourself, you know it wouldn't be such a hard fought battle. So the other thing that I would like to um, tell our listeners is women, especially in this day and age, you really have to have your own sense of financial security. It's important for you to you know, have a job because what I've noticed in like marriages um, in terms of, and it's, it's well documented that abuse really stems sometimes from you know, the woman's inability to, to take care of herself and her fear and her fear of like moving forward, like I don't think I'm able to afford this. And you know, men men use it all the time. Um, I've, uh, you know, because I have no time to watch television, one of the things I like to watch is like extreme cheapskates, you know, like in, in the YouTube and TLC. <laughs> and there was this episode in which the husband, he was like showing off, he's like, can you see? We have like close to $200,000, but my wife doesn't know. And then the wife like, you know, gives her paycheck to him every month. And she's only given like a $20 allowance, like each week. I mean, that's an extreme situation, yeah. but there are situations in which you don't know how much money has been saved and you don't know which bank account. It could mm-hmm. be hidden bank accounts. True. And if you're working, you have a right to your funds. Not to say you don't have to contribute to the marital home, you know, to your children, but you have to have your own money set aside. Just, yeah. And for me personally, I would anyway. But I, I tell you, what, we're going to take a quick break on that note. But uh, we have been listening to Catherine Bedgerana Camacho. We had a caller phone in to ask your name, and they also would like your phone number for your okay. office, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind to give that out. 647-4CBC, 4222. Perfect. Okay, awesome. Also, I would like to welcome in studio, but uh, come on, you're a pro at this. You know, pull that microphone closer. I shouldn't have to be explaining to Senator Louise Munya how to operate a radio microphone. Hi, Sister Cindy. Hi, darling. How when are I you? heard you were going to be here, I was so excited. I, I was excited. I started I... fangirling. Oh, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be next to Sister Cindy. Well, you know, I fangirl for you right now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we're going to have I, a I love thank fest. Pinky for, uh, for inviting me here today. Well, well yeah. thank you very much for being able to join us. Of course. Of course and our yeah. other guest, Eileen Cruz, I'm sorry, we're not getting you. Um, we're, we're uh, it, I'm, unfortunately, not unfortunately, okay. fortunately, gosh, sorry. Uh, Catherine is the expert on this subject, but Eileen, we're going to uh, be joining you, or uh, having you join the conversation as well. So I just don't want you to think that we've forgotten that you're sitting there looking so beautiful in red. No problem. <laughs> right. And also our vice president of programs from the AAUW, Claudia Titino, is also with us. So we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back. We are talking about protecting your wealth if you're in a breakup here on The Dish on K57. Finding a home is never easy, and sometimes you get too busy to go out and look at homes on the market. That's why the TV stations of Sorensen Media Group have put together Welcome Home. Join us as we give you a tour of beautiful homes that are for sale or rent to suit your lifestyle. Find your perfect home and catch episodes on Fox 6 and ABC 7 in Guam and Saipan every second Tuesday of the month. Welcome Home is brought to you by REMAX Realty Group. 
The staff at Sorensen Media Group do what they love and love what they do. They also care about each other and understand that everyone has their role and work together to support the team and organization. Sorensen Media Group is establishing a list of qualified individuals for the role of media consultant. If you're an experienced sales professional, energetic, organized, outgoing, open-minded, and willing to learn from everyone around you, send your resume to HR at spbguam.com or visit sorensenmediagroup.com for more information. Sorensen Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Guam Premier Outlets, Taco Bell, and the stations of the Sorensen Media Group present the fourth annual Finatinas Samoru Pastry and Caligman Competition. Join us on March 28th, 12 noon at Guam Premier Outlets to find out who has the best coconut candy, Butsi Butsi, Manha Pai, or Apigigi. And we'll also crown the island's best Caligwin. The fourth annual Finatinas Samoru Pastry and Caligwin Competition is going to be Gof Mangi. The Guam Women's Chamber of Commerce proudly presents Fanatsu Famalawan Women Rising Conference March 5th at the Dusitani Guam Resort. This premier professional development summit will have featured speakers who are from our island and have pursued successful careers globally. We are bringing them home. Join us for an inspiring day of workshops, networking, pop-up shops, beauty and wellness, and more. Register today at www.guamwcc.com for Fanatsu Famalawan Women Rising Conference on March 5th. Be a part of the movement. Special thanks to our change agent sponsors, Pacific Daily News, Bank of Guam, Matson, Addis Trust, TriVision Media Group, Guam Music Inc., and Sorensen Media Group. Aretha Franklin and think. You better, you better think. You better think. <laughs> better think about those paperwork, the paperwork. And... Welcome back to The Dish. This is a monthly show sponsored by the AAUW Guam branch where we dish on subjects that are of importance to women. Today's subject is protecting your wealth uh, in a breakup situation, be it... Uh, now, I had a question about this, right? Because we've been focused on marriage breakups. Mm -hmm. What about if, you're, if you've been in a partnership with somebody for a really long time, mm -hmm. like, say, 10, 15, 20 years? And I know... Um, Guam used to have like common wall, but do or common law. common law. Do we? But I don't think we have that no, anymore, right? It's no, not recognized. It's not. So what it's happens not. in a situation like there are, that? There are certain situations in which, for example, some insurance companies recognize yes, that relationship yes. and can insure the you know the other the common law, but um, with respect to um, property and Children. debts. It becomes a separate issue. Mm -hmm. So the way you deal with it is there have been litigation in which people have lived together for so many years and then they break up. It becomes more of a, 
like a breach of contract type of issue. For example, let's say that they took a loan together, but it's both under their name. So it's not a community debt per se, but they're still both liable. Um, and the hard part about it is, let's say that they purchase property together. It, title in the property becomes very important. I mean, it, when you review a deed, it makes such a significant difference. So let's say that husband and wife purchase a property, husband and wife joint tenancy with right of survivorship. What that means is that if one passes away, the property passes to the other, to the one who lives. I mean, who, who survives. All you have to do is submit an affidavit of passage uh, or the termination of um, the property, um, joint tenancy. Um, however, let's say that it says um, as tenants in common, what that means is it's not automatic that it will pass to the other person. Wow. So it becomes part of their estate. So let's say the other person does not have a will, then you have to, sorry, determine whether or not it's separate property or community property. So reviewing deed is, deeds as well has become very important lately. Um, so when moms and dads, they, they come to my office and they go, Okay, I'm I'm really interested in transferring. Um, let's say you and your son, you you and your you know you have a property, and right. you you're like, oh, I love my son so much, I want to transfer it to his name. There's different ways you can go about it. You can either put your name and your son joint tenancy with right of survivorship. Mm -hmm. So if either of you should pass, uh, pass yeah. it will go to the person who's living. However, I always warn the parent. Let's say that your son gets married. And even though the property may have been like fully paid, mm. if you're gonna sell it or mortgage it, the spouse now has to sign a consent. His, the wife or the yeah the your let your son my daughter-in-law yes your 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 future oh, daughter-in-law watch it no <laughs> but it's not to say it's not to say that she has interest in it but because we are a community property jurisdiction they just want to ensure that you know she's saying I have no interest in this right so like deeds it becomes a really important issue the other mistake people make let's just say that you really love your daughter-in-law right and it's like oh this family house i'm gonna deed it to my son and my daughter-in-law if they got a divorce fitty fitty yes so that's one of the mistakes i've seen parents make is that um they love their children and they get super excited about their in-laws and they deed it to both parties mm -hmm. and then in a divorce it's like no i know this is your mom and dad's house but your mom and dad happened to give it to both of us yeah. and that's an important thing too yeah i actually know a situation where that just or happened another in a, it was a wedding gift and they like mm -hmm. just got married so may right. they may they yeah. stay married forever but yeah the other big mistake is like let's just say you trust your um son and daughter-in-law so much you don't even put your name in it you just put you know their names and but you're still living there right they can boot you out don't do that parents <laughs> no <laughs> children so don't remember don't don't you hey don't remember so, how naughty they don't forget how naughty they were at two that stuff doesn't but, change but it comes back it doesn't mean that you can't give it to your children but so long as you know once you deed it to them don't expect to yeah to have any interest if you're taking your name off i I, unfortunately, like maybe years ago, I had this old man come to my office saying, you know, I d gave it to my son, but I lived there. It was just so we can avoid probate. You know, that whole thing, right, let's right. avoid probate. And But now my son wants to kick me out. Can he do that? How can we reverse the deed? It's like, 
Well, you cannot. <laughs> the way you do it is your son gives it back to yeah. you, but you can't just like terminate it. I mean, mm-hmm. especially if it was voluntary. I mean, mm-hmm. some individuals are so cold like that, in which they're like, but you know, and then the parent goes, or let's just say that they have four children and they only date it to one with the expectation that it's supposed to go to all of them. Mm-hmm. But you know what happens? It's like, and it may not be a sibling issue, but it could be the in-law. You know, if you're the wife of the oldest son, it's like, no, that's yours. You're pay- we're paying for the real property tax. You don't have to give anything. And then the other three siblings go, but it's our family home. And, you know, our older brother was supposed to share it yeah, with all of us. Yeah. That's what mom and dad said. But mom and dad did not memorialize that in the document they executed. Mm-hmm. What if it's in the will that, like, one ch- one child is an executor or something? But see, the will is totally different versus a deed. If mm-hmm. you've already um, distributed the property or given it out through your life, it's no longer part of the estate. So the will only comes to comes to play for those things that are not are that are part of the estate. So the other big issue, let's say, life insurance policies. Um, if you're giving it to A and B. But in your will, you put it to C, you know, oh, my life insurance policy or, you know, the proceeds. Goes to my new wife. Goes to C. Too bad, so sad. The insurance company is contractually obligated to give it to whoever the beneficiary is. The only way it can ever be put back in your estate is if you put as a beneficiary my estate. So Mm -hmm. that's that's when, you know, your will can can come into play in, in terms of the distribution. But so that's another big issue too, because you know, or um, bank accounts, this is really important. What I've learned on behalf of my clients is you don't necessarily have to include your children or your heirs in the bank account, you know, put them or or and, you know, you don't have to give them control, but you have to talk to your bank and see whether or not they're going to allow you to put a beneficiary. Mm. Because I had a situation in which, um, the family came to me and we had to probate, you know, their the house and lot of their parents, which was fine. But fortunately, in this instance, the mom and dad actually um, enumerated the beneficiary in their bank accounts. And what happened was the bank was then able to give it to the children without it becoming part of the estate. Oh, cool. Why does that become important? It becomes important because the rule of thumb for probate it becomes more expensive the more valuable your estate is. Right. So I've had situations in which clients may have like five pieces of property. Some they're ready to distribute to their children. Some they're not ready to take it, you know, to lose control over. So we've had a mixed estate planning um, in which we've done a deed for maybe property A, a and B, property C, D, and E was part of their estate. And, and it's so that they can minimize the, mm-hmm. the amount of the estate. So you know, when whenever somebody comes to my office, I tell them, what do you want? What are your expectations? What's your intent? Because the lawyer is here to memorialize that. Don't be so afraid of probate, but to be to be smart about it, you can minimize the value of the estate by giving, you know, what you're already prepared to give. But if you're not prepared to give that, then it's better you you know, you put it in your will. Um, a lot of mistakes that people make too, it's like a family home, right? And it's meant to go to Cindy because Cindy's supposed to take over the payment. But um, so when the parents die, Cindy is a good daughter, completes all the payment. And then all of a sudden the siblings go, well, we have equal rights to it. It's like, 
And then they go, no, I paid for it. And then they go, no, Cindy, you lived in it. So technically you're supposed to be paying us rent, but let's just excuse the rent. I mean, that's yeah, your mortgage. I, that's scary. I, no, I've well, had all those battles. I mean, yeah. I've seen all of that. Um, before There's so we, many situations, right? Yes. So, so, many situations. so what you're suggesting is that people before they get married should maybe talk to their attorney <laughs> and, and so that they understand uh, maybe what documents they need to keep. Yes. Yeah. I bet a lot don't because no, you know, you're, like you're in love. Not That's exactly. Yeah. 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 Think about but, it, right? And you know, the uh, the other big issue too is really children. Children. Yeah. So we've talked about you know <laughs> the big the the issue of finance. Finances, property. Yes. And now children. But you know, like sex is a whole nother level. You know, we need Dr. Ruth here for that. But <laughs> but the other big issue is really children. And in the end of the day, Guam, fortunately, unfortunately, you know, depending on the case, pursuant to statute, pursuant to case law, to the best extent possible. They the presumption is really joint legal, joint physical prop. I mean, joint physical custody. There's two forms of custody: legal custody and physical, physical custody. custody. Legal custody is the ability to make decisions about the child's education, religion, you know, healthcare. And um, most of the time, the the court will just give the parents joint legal custody. And but that became a really big issue in the Tom Cruise you know, Katie Holmes divorce, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I read a lot of uh, those, I, I call them brain candy, <laughs> inquire star. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's because I, I read so many like legal texts and everything. It's something like, so, fluffy. Sometimes, yeah, Declare it, your it's brain. like junk, it. junk information, yeah. but it makes a lot of sense. And the reason why I like to actually understand stars, celebrities, divorces and custody cases, because it's the same issue, it's just magnified. Yeah. Right there's just more money involved, you know, and then there's just a lot more fighting. So with respect to, I, I really, I was so excited about that divorce, not because I was happy about them as a learning divorced. As a learning opportunity. Because Katie Holmes, her, her father is a family law attorney from Ohio. They were residing in California. In anticipation of the divorce, she started to live in New York. You know, she she started to gain jurisdiction. I mean, the, the planning, the pre-planning in her divorce was really important. At, they, they were saying it's alleged she had like two cell phones, like when she went on vacation. So one, she could communicate with her father, her lawyer, and then the other one with Tom. And the reason why she what her goal was not necessarily physical custody, but that was important for her. Her goal was really to get legal custody of Suri because at a certain point, she no longer wanted Suri to be involved in the Church of Scientology. Right. So that's when legal custody was so important. But most of the time, people don't necessarily fight over legal custody. They fight over physical custody, where yeah, the child lives. I, honestly, I thought you <laughs> could do and make a lot of those decisions um, if you had physical custody. No, it's a whole, it's, it's different. It depends, if you have joint legal custody, even if you have primary physical custody, you still need to consult with the other parent with respect to important decisions. This is not like, okay, the child gets hurt, you can't bring them to the clinic. I mean, but let's just say an operation or which school. August, I've had to go like to court ex parte because divorced parents or former parents who are no longer together, they fight over where the child should go to school. Should we send them to this private school or that private school? Should we send them to private school or keep them, you know, or you know, um, in public school? 
they fight over that. And the judges, it's like, seriously? I had a case in which, you know, we've had to go like twice, like in two years, because they fought about those issues. There's um, parents also fight about vacations. Oh, the other parent is not allowing me to go on vacation, go off island with the other, you know, with, with my child. That's very hard. And I've seen it. I understand the importance of both parents' involvement in a child's life. But what I've seen through this practice, most of the time, both parents are not equal parents. One, it can be the mom or it can be the dad, really is the one who, you know, who- More involved. Yes, yeah. homework, you know, like right. all extracurricular activities. I've seen it be the dad too. Right. And, you know, so, but in that instance, maybe joint physical custody is the way to go. However, though, it is very difficult for the child because mm -hmm. the whole thing is week on, week off. Yeah. or year on year off yeah that yeah. i can't even imagine that i've, I've seen as a, a parent i'd freak out to not have access to my child for a as, whole year as a part of the make-a-wish foundation as well too we've seen a lot of that happen where uh, they one parent has physical custody but we cannot send a child mm -hmm. or grant them their wish until we get the other parents consent, uh, consent. Yeah. and sometimes if the other parent says no then we can't we yeah. can't grant wow. the wish, yeah. you know? Yeah, so it's really sad. And then, or maybe they want to travel off island, so we have to send both sets of parents and, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and their siblings. Um, so it can get, it can get pretty Complicated. Yeah. It can get yeah. very messy. And, and, you know, something as simple as just granting a wish to a yeah. child, it can really get so convoluted by all of these different relationships, right? Yeah, the uh, dynamics wow. of that. And, mm -hmm. You know, it takes two in a relationship to make it successful, but it really only takes one to spoil it. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. because I, I've seen... Right. Oh, sorry. We're not, okay. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen instances in which, you know, there's really one parent who wants to try to work um, with the other parent. I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Um, I'm prepared right now to do another custody, uh, custody case. And the other parent, her goal is really to enable both of them to be better co-parents. She wants to force them into counseling mm. because what the uh, that parent can't stand is, you know, for one week, you know, the inability to talk to the, that child. I mean, you know, as a mother, it's yeah. like, yeah, you, when any, any issues um, dealing with the children, I mean, you know, my mom and my children, they, they sometimes laugh at me because, you know, I could go to court, you know, be all this and stuff. But when it comes to my children, they <laughs> complain to me about teachers. I turn red. Like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like when it comes to your children, it's a whole different level. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. So I have to, in, in handling custody cases, you have to be really mindful of the other person's, um, you know, feelings. And because if you really think about historically on Guam, um, you know, the one attorney that got murdered was really mm -hmm. in her handling when she was handling mm -hmm. a domestic case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. And so you really have to be sensitive to that. Um, years ago, I used to do a lot of foreclosures. You know, um, taking somebody's property because they didn't um, pay the bank is one thing. But, you know, going into custody cases, I really have to be very sensitive and really think about the other person's perspective. Recognizing, you know, that they're not bad parents, but it, it really is hard to determine the best interest of a child. Yeah. Yeah, so most of, most of the judges, they'll, they'll ha in a custody case, they'll probably order a social study, but um, 
unless there's really something very bad with the other parent, most judges will just say joint physical custody, week on, week off, week on, week. It's, wow. it's I, and I, it, it tears, it tears your heart, you know, because some, you know, the parents, some, the children, they complain, they go, I don't want to, sometimes I feel like the, there should be one household. And in other instances, like I've seen it in the States in which the parents are the one that moves yes. out. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's week on week off in that marital residence, and you know the children stay in the house. I know it that's is, actually right? a really good idea, yeah. isn't it? Yes and no, because I've seen it. I, I've seen it in. You'd a end up with three. You'd have to have. Yeah, yeah you'd end up with three there'd homes. be three homes. Yeah, yeah. and it, can you hear the arguments? Your girlfriend didn't clean. Yes, the bathroom. no, and it's always <laughs> that. It, it's always that issue. It. I. I'm in the middle of a divorce in which the whole thing is well the other party better not expose our child to you know their significant other you know so okay, i was yeah, i know a relationship <laughs> like that yeah. so there's actually a provision we're going to incorporate a provision to that effect but you know they originally wanted the other side originally wanted you know provision that um, is for in perpetuity and it's like no no judge will allow that please you yeah because what if they get married now but, it's a but maybe wife but maybe for a certain period maybe a year you know it's like yeah the judge can probably see that as reasonable so um when when going through a divorce the rule of thumb is really you have to recognize the other party's rights but you have to approach it in a reasonable manner, you know, one of the one of the attorneys I really look up to, um, a divorce attorney in in California. You know, she does a lot of the celebrity divorces. Laura Masser, she you know she represents Angelina Jolie, Kim Kardashian, all of that. The reason why she's so successful, I mean, you know, she says, you know, I have like two baby daddies and I share, you know, joint physical custody, and she says, I want my clients to have an understanding. You can't take everything, you know. When, when you represent a client whose goal is to take everything and leave nothing for the other person, yeah, that's, that's not, not, you know, that's not, not going to be successful. Um, you have to... That's not a vengeance, though, most yeah. of the time. I'd say, and, and thinking more about your own anger right. than what's good for your right. kids. Exactly. Yeah. The, the worst type of clients to really deal with are those that they don't even care about the money of their children. They just want to hurt the other party. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And so really you have to be careful of that, but you also have to acknowledge your own actions. So sometimes um, the role of an attorney is both, you know. Counselor? Yeah, right? really, like, I mean, a banker, you know, advising right? them about finances, a therapist. Yeah, a therapist. <laughs> a child psychologist, you know. Somebody. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, and you know, one of my friends would has, you know, keeps repeating this whole joke why are divorces so expensive and he'll say because they're worth it <laughs> it's the price for freedom sometimes i advise my client yes it's gonna cost you but do you want your freedom and sometimes like it's easy to walk away from property a whole nother level in terms of like oh the yeah children. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then there's the issue of child support as well yeah <laughs> And, and I think there's that a, there's a, whole a couple of our, our right members there. were also very interested in how do you enforce child support? How do you get them to pay? Okay. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, you know, child support, fortunately on Guam, we have the AG's office. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of misunderstanding as to what their role is, but in, you know, by, by the public. But in the end, their role is really to represent, you know, what they, what they say is the best interest of the child. Um, 
it's all about worksheet. It's all about um, numbers, crunching numbers. So they have various, I, I brought the worksheet today, um, the guideline, you know, it's published in the attorney general's, at least where we extracted the attorney general's um, website. And there's child and support. And we can put that on our Facebook page. Yeah, I can. Right? Yes. We'll link yes. it to the Facebook page. So basically mm -hmm. there's various types of worksheet for different types of custody arrangement. So the type of custody arrangement will impact child support calculation. Interesting. So there's worksheet A, which is for sole custody. There's worksheet B for, I believe, um, shared custody. And um, this is the interesting thing about this is child support is based upon where the child lives. More importantly, where the child sleeps. So. 50-50 is really like, you know, week on, week off. The child sleeps seven days with one parent, seven days with the other parent. The reason why I say that is because one of the misunderstanding is the child sleeps with, let's say, parent A, but parent B picks up the child in the morning, takes care of the child throughout the day, and drops that child. So the child really, for the most part, in if we calculate the number of hours, has been with parent B, but parent A will get that credit if the child sleeps there for that day. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it makes a difference because sole, sole custody is determined, let's say, if the child is with you, um, is with, you know, two days with the other parent, two, that's, that's still considered sole custody. On the other hand, if it's three days with the other parent, four days, that's now shared custody. So there's a different type of equation for that. and. The things to consider with respect to child support are income. Now, why do, um, why do individuals still hire attorneys with respect to child support? Because there's issues about income. How much income? You know, it's, it's more straightforward when the other person has a job. Mm -hmm. You know, you see, the, you see the W-2, that's it. It's another issue when the other parent owns a business. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you, in their tax return, it shows like, only $10,000, but then you see them drive like fancy cars, you know, they can afford right. to send them to fancy schools. So it's like, um, it can't be that other parent is yeah. not really making 10. So that becomes another issue. We've had to litigate those types of issues too. Um, exactly how much the other parent is getting. It's not so much an issue when it's, you know, they have a salary. The other thing is essentially, you know, child, um, child care, private schooling, and what was agreed upon during the divorce. And it really is an equation. It's what, a worksheet. What about when, if one parent is, like, say, off-island? Right? We talked about how you would handle a divorce situation, right, if one spouse was, mm -hmm. say, in the mainland and the other spouse was here on Guam. Where are the children? See, that makes a difference. Okay. Because if the divorce originated on Guam and the court has jurisdiction, then the court can maintain jurisdiction. But let's say that the children are off island and have never touched Guam. And so the court might not have jurisdiction over it. So they will probably have jurisdiction over the divorce. The court can say, okay, these parties are divorced, but um, I have no jurisdiction to handle um, the children. And uh, the chief complaint that people have is, Let's say they share custody week on, week off. The other parent says, why do I have to pay the other parent child support? You know, it's like, we share seven days, seven days. I was wondering about mm -hmm. that, if it that would happens, be a wash. No. It would be a wash, in theory, if they have maybe similar income. Because the whole, mm. the whole purpose of child support, to really simplify it to my clients, is 
essentially that the child should live in a household as if both parents are living together. And the child cannot be a pauper one day or one week and a prince another week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's to try to balance. So I have a case in which um, one parent pays for all of the private schooling and week on week off, but still pays um, close to $1,600 each month to the other parent. And then, you know, it's their complaint. It's like, e, that's so unfair. I mean, and then, you know, their complaint is, I don't think the other parent is using it for my child. You can't you know what? I hear, that, I hear too. that too. And that is so dumb. I, that is what my ex used to, uh, used to say to me all the time. How do I know all the money's going to... Uh, to our son it's like well you know he's got a roof over his head he's eating there's electricity there's water and uh yeah so I'm using you know his whatever percent to you know it's yeah it's all of it that's a silly thing all right I tell you what we are wrapping up this hour and it's almost time to go to news but um I I think we could talk a little bit more about this subject but we also want to focus on the AAUW women's conference which is coming up uh next no uh, yeah, next month. Okay. No, for some reason I have it in my head that today is March first. It's not. It's it's yeah. It's 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 yeah. it is actually what, what do they call it? National. Uh, oh, I had it just time right here. Time saving. Yeah, it's actually it is National Time Refund Day because we're getting an extra day this year because it is February 29th. Yes. And if you're one of those people who you actually look like you're 30 but you're really celebrating your sixth or seventh birthday, happy birthday to you! If it's your birthday today, <laughs> are you listening to the Dish on News Talk K57? We'll be back. KGUM AM, Haganya Guam, News Talk K57.